All right, so welcome back in to another episode of the Backroads Podcast. This is the Week 10 edition. Uh, some big games going on out there, but none bigger than what's coming up this week. So many across the great state of Texas in six-man action. Plus, we got a special guest, head coach Jeff Jones over at Garden City. But uh, let's get started, Bobby. I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network. I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Now, real quick, Bobby, before we get to Coach Jones, you are in Salem, Massachusetts, uh, of all times during Halloween. So is of there something course. we need to know or, or what? <laughs> uh, yeah, bucket list. <laughs> I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. I know that's a little weird, but. Um, well, I, I like the holiday, but I like a lot of the sugar that comes with it. So, you know, I'm a candy. Well, I'm a candy freak. There's that. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had any candy yet. Uh, I, I hope to at some point. But uh, my best friend lives half time up here in Mystic, Connecticut. So, you know, everything up here is it's not like Texas. You drive an hour and a half and you're in four different states. This is true. This is true. Well, let's get to it. Uh, big, big, I don't know how many bigs I can say. Huge game coming up this week between Garden City and Rankin. Uh, de- decides District 71A. That's just half of it. And let's get into it. Let's bring in our uh, special guest. One of our favorites, and that is the head coach over at Garden City, Jeff Jones. Coach, welcome in this afternoon. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Good seeing y'all again. Hey, you too. And and before we get into all this, obviously we talked about you a couple of weeks ago, so we have to ask, how's the foot doing? <laughs> it's doing just fine. Just just fine. Doesn't bother me or anything. Just have to walk around in a boot. And, uh, but, you know, just got to suck it up, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't know. Have you jumped any on the sidelines? No, I haven't had to. We've been we've been playing pretty good, so uh, I haven't I haven't had a mean stomp or anything like that. So we're we're good to go right now. Well, that's that's great to hear. So obviously, Garden City ranking playing this week. That is the big game on the schedule this week. And you know, you and I were talking off the air. We knew this was going to be the case, but this game has extra meaning because the loser then has to face Westbrook next week. When you just look at this game, how do you keep it in perspective for your kids and not let the game get bigger than what it really is? Well, I mean, it helps that we uh, we have it we have a clinched playoff berth, so at least that's behind us. We're not in a must win situation or anything like that. Uh, so we're we're happy to to make it make the playoffs out of this district for sure, because uh, that was the big worry uh, number one as we were going through district is is just trying to get through this gauntlet, and uh, so you know having that 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 pressure taken off. So you're already in the playoffs. So that, that helps you just focus on uh, this one game and this one game only. And um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not, it's not a bad thing if you lose cause you're still in the playoffs, but you definitely want to go out there and win. That's for sure. Talk about the uh, road for the Bearcats. It's been a successful season. You obviously had lots of injuries early on your team starting to get completely healthy. How do you feel the Bearcats are playing right now? I've been very happy with us. Uh, all three aspects of the game uh, have been going great. You know, uh, the defense is flying around. Uh, offense, offense has been moving the ball and, and being able to score. Um, and uh, and the special teams, you know, our, our PAT is is come a long way. And uh, I wouldn't say it's automatic, but but it, it's good knowing that that you're going to have a pretty good shot of getting two points after every touchdown. Um, you know, all those injuries early in the year helped us really develop a lot of depth and. Um, you know, I think it was against Grady. We had 12 different players carry the ball. So, you know, just, uh, 
I guess I guess injuries were kind of a blessing in disguise. Just being able to uh, get a bunch of guys ready and uh, for the for this this part of the year. So when you look at your team, and and we all talk about John Lopez and how a pivotal part he is, both offensively and defensively. There's the big personality and Big O, one of Bobby's favorites, Owen Seidenberger. But I want to ask you how important it is, and I, I think it gets lost sometimes in six-man football, the importance of a really good signal caller who can actually throw the ball effectively, and that's what you've got in Logan Seidenberger. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, this is the third year he's, he's been starting, um, which is a big reason why we kind of just shoved him into the fire as a sophomore. And uh, we've always played some pretty pretty tough schedules, some pretty good teams, and uh, like I said, he's he's been through it, and um, he's a, he has a lot of confidence, uh, has a lot of confidence in his receivers. Uh, he knows he can he can uh, not be pinpoint accurate at times, and and those guys will go up and get the ball. Um, you know, it also helps. He has a great line in front of him, and and the running back coming in to help block and pass protect. Um, so you know, he's. He he doesn't get rattled anymore. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't freak out. He has a short memory, which is what we like about him. Uh, I don't even I'm not sure he's even thrown an interception, but if he has, he forgot about it immediately because he's had some big games. Uh, so it, it, it's very important to have to have that that guy there because he can also get us out of some bad plays. You know, he can he can uh, he takes care of my mistakes as a play caller, and, and uh, he can get us into a play that'll probably work. And he's always coming back with with ideas of plays that might work. And uh, a lot of times it's not even passes. I mean, uh, he, he calls running plays that he knows will work. So very selfless kid. Uh, he's a lot of fun to coach. You, you uh, to my knowledge, have always been kind of a run-first coach. How difficult is that for you to kind of change your mindset knowing that you do have the ability to throw the ball? Uh, you know, it's it's um, over the past few years we've been run-heavy. But back in, I think it was 2016, we had – a couple of tall, fast receivers back then also. And, um, and even in 15, my first year here. So, uh, it's, it's very, I'm very comfortable calling pass plays at any situation. So, um, you know, I'm just having to get used to that again because we, we got all these weapons that we need to utilize and, and, uh, you know, catch people sleeping in, in areas. Said you, okay. you had some weapons. Yes. Okay. So at the beginning of the season, you had some injuries. Mm -hmm. What players stepped up that you thought, oh wow, you know they're really they're really stepping into a role that they can actually you know play. Right. Um, you know, it, it's on the offensive side um, at the running back spot. Though, that was our big part because we had uh, Jordan and Blaine go down early in the Valley game, and and uh, we were able to get through that game and then start developing some depth with with sophomores Preston Dellinger and Carson Goodwin came in. Um, and had some great games and uh you know they they were sophomores kind of thrown into the fire and the main thing we're we were harping on them is just hanging on to the ball trust trust those guys blocking for them because we still had all those guys we still, well, still have the line intact um so that was that was good to see and then um mason went down you know after the uh the westbrook game so mason walker our tight end so we had to find some uh find some guys there. Uh, Camden Rowe came in and, and is a real good route runner. Uh, he's not the biggest kid. So, uh, we had to, uh, find some depth as far as blocking goes. And we've had Carson Goodwin come in and we moved him over there after Jordan Blaine got back and, uh, have another kid named Gabriel, uh, Ramirez who, who can step in there and, and play that position pretty good too. And then, you know, we finally got Denton back, which, uh, Denton plays in John Lopez's spot. 
and uh, he he brings a spark to us and uh, a lot different look than what John Lopez is. So uh, almost it, it it goes from six two and about two hundred pounds to a lot about a five six hundred fifty pound guy who can fly. So um, you know it, it's been good just watching these guys step up and and uh, you know just uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Just it's a lot of fun coaching them when when uh, you have guys that just just want to get in there and they play hard and, and there's not much drop off from your starters. When you look forward to this game, what are the keys do you think are success for Garden City to come out on top over Rankin? Mainly blocking and tackling. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, pretty, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty easy game when you get down to it. Uh, we need to be able to block their studs that they have on defense and then uh, we need to be able to tackle their studs that they have on offense and we all this, we need to take care of the ball too. So, uh, you know, we need to go in there and uh, and play the type of game that I know we can play that we've played uh, in previous games, and uh, you know, and, and be ready for them uh, to do the same. So, uh, and then you just you mix it all in with the rivalry aspect of it, and, and uh, you know, it's going to be a fun night. Final question for me, Coach, is you know this game is so big. I have to imagine that both sides of the stands are going to be absolutely jam packed. People lining the uh, the the fences on each side. Just talk about the game day or game night atmosphere. It's going to be, and you know that's what I think every coach looks forward to. Is that something you're looking forward to, and just being able to take in for a moment? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it was like that 30 years ago when I played in this rivalry game, and and uh, you know nothing nothing's really changed. Uh, you, you got some of the same last names going at it, and. Uh, you know, all the parents know each other because they've been through the fire, and uh, and it's just it's it's a great great rivalry game. Um, you know, it, it it may not be one of the biggest rivalry games in six man football. There's a lot of good ones out there, but uh, this one is definitely one of those that uh, both schools take a lot of pride in how they represent their town and their community and their school, and and uh, you know they they're leaving it all out there. So uh, it's always a it's it's always a great game. Um, there is some mutual respect and, and, uh, you know, the kids kind of talk with each other throughout the year, but for one week, they really just don't like each other. And, uh, that's just, that's just the way this game works. Well, coach, we do appreciate you joining us this afternoon. Best of luck to your Bearcats. And, uh, hopefully you know, we might be talking to you later on in the season. We'll see how the Bearcats do. I hope so. I appreciate it, guys. It's always good to talk Coach Jeff Jones over at Garden City. What a huge game coming up for them. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about the uh, games of the year. And my list, Bobby, for the end of the year is so long. And sadly, I know I'm going to miss a few games. And, and we're going to get feedback going, wait, what about this game? You're right. But we're going to go through as many of those as we can and get them out there. Because there's so many that have um, – playoff implications whether it's getting in as the district champ or deciding one or two or who just absolutely gets into the playoffs so it should be a lot of fun but uh, let's get started and take a look at week 10 and all the finals going on and we'll do it like we did last week we'll just start in district one division one and work our way down from there and you know you can't start with a better district to look at than district one it is a wild and crazy scene there fall ed beats four, uh, white deer 54 to 8 and then Miami comes out on top of McLean 40 to 38. They kick a field goal. Hayden Thompson does with seven seconds left in the ballgame to win it. When's the last time you heard of a six-man game being decided by a field goal of actually winning it? It just that doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't. That that is kind of surprising. Um yeah, I can't remember the last time 
that I heard that happening in six man. Yeah, I know. Me, me either. It was a 17 yard field goal. So we should, we should probably ask Lehman. I he g- would probably know. Hey, Lehman, when's the last time somebody won a uh, game in six man with a uh, field goal? Let us know. There you go, Bobby. I promise you he'll he, let us he'll know. He'll be calling in about five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Miami Thompson over 150 uh, through the air, 150 on the ground. Shane Franks for Follett, 172 yards rushing and three touchdowns, seven and a half tackles and interception in their win. And when you look at this district, uh, I won't break it all down. It's real simple. Follett wins. They're the district champs. Miami wins. They're in. But I can tell you, all four teams still have the possibility of going to the playoffs. If Miami loses to White Deer, and Follett loses by 14 or more to McLean. Guess what? Follett is sitting at home. As hard as that is to believe, but uh, that's one of many, many scenarios. Uh, bring your math teacher and an abacus because that's what you're going to need in some of these districts. <laughs> Shoot, for that, you might need a protractor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, down to District 2, uh, the game I had Friday night, happy Oliver Will Dorado, 70 to nothing in this one. Joy Blackman, six carries, 93 yards, Camden Spree, two passing touchdowns, a fumble recovery, and a kickoff return for a touchdown to open the game. Happy had, a, had eight different players score a touchdown in this one. They held Will Dorado to one yard of offense and one of 14 through the air. So uh, happy wins that one. Nazareth all over Claude, 50 to nothing. Most likely happy Nazareth going in 1-2 out of that district. District 3, another wild one. Petersburg gets by Anton, 64-32, to and then Spring Lake Earth all over Lorenzo, 66-19. to So that sets up a big matchup that we'll talk about a little bit later. But Petersburg, Spring Lake Earth, and Crest all have a shot there in District 3. District 4, Knox City and Valley doing battle. And golly, it's just it's a case of what could have been Bobby. Knox City wins this one, 50-18. And the poor Patriots, they, they play, uh, look to me like they played without Corbin Stanley, their quarterback. Obviously, they haven't had Blake Beard all season long. It's just been one injury after another. And a team that you and I thought was going to potentially be in the playoffs and have a shot uh, coming out of Region 1 doesn't even make the playoffs. Uh, Caleb Arriata there for great uh, for Knox City, 17 of 92, two touchdowns. Bryson Callaway, 7 of 11. No, he didn't go to the 7 of 11. He was 7 of 11, 93 yards and four touchdowns. Tavion Ramos, eight uh, carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. But you have to feel bad for Coach Stanilan, Bobby, and all the injuries that they've dealt with and for the season to uh, eventually come down to not even making the playoffs. Uh, I do. I feel so badly about that. I mean, and it started out and we thought maybe it would get better and it did get better for a little bit. And then it just turned on its head again uh, during that spur game over there in district four. But I I was talking to one of the teachers from Valley at the region one cross country meet. And she said that they are not having only the injury bug in high school football but also all over the school. She said they had a lot of different injuries happening in the elementary. Um, so I, I I don't know. Uh, maybe Valley is just jinx this year. <laughs> I, I, do. I, I, I don't even know how else to put it because I just feel so badly for the Valley Patriots because they had such a shining star uh, moment prior to all this beginning. Yeah, no, it, it's tough. And you, you spoke about Spur there. Uh, they no, had, had no problem with Vernon Northside, 58-8. to eight. Ryan Davis, 117 yards on the ground, four touchdowns. 
Corey Hamilton says, okay, well, I'll just rush for 109 and four touchdowns, but we'll equal it up on the touchdowns. Matthew Brooks for Northside, 17 carries, 25 yards. And uh, we'll talk about Knox City and Spur playing next week. Whiteface in District 5, Region 2, beats Meta 54-6. O'Donnell takes care of Wellman Union 62 to nothing. Guess what? Whiteface and O'Donnell play again this week. We'll cover that in the big games. District 6, how about this one? Buena Vista 40, Van Horn 30, and the Longhorns pull off the victory there. Tristan Griffin, 187 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And uh, Coach... Uh, well, I'm going to mess this up, but I'm going to say it anyway. Puskowski sent us in the uh, season stats for Griffin there. Seven yards shy of 2,000 yards and 36 touchdowns. That's impressive. Lots of younger classmen playing there for Buena Vista. Jaden Gerardo, a freshman in this one. Six carries, 66 yards, 57 yards uh, receiving uh, and a touchdown and 11 tackles. Not bad for a freshman. And then uh, Fort Davis beat Marfa 64-14. to yeah, oh, Van Horn, you know, Bryce Verdell went out in that game, so we send our uh, play, prayers to Bryce. Hopefully, um, I think it was a leg or an ankle injury. Hopefully he um, heals quickly because, you know, he's a great player. Yeah, no, um, you, you hate to see that. And it's it, it's just, it's the year of the injury bug. It really is. There's a lot of star players have been lost this year for – uh, you know, either the season or a certain amount of time due to injury, maybe more than we've seen in years past. You know, it really has been a bad year for injuries, and it seems like every single week I hear about another one, and it just makes my heart hurt. So let's move down to District 7. That's where uh, the gauntlet of uh, death, I guess you would call it, sits at. And Garden City beats Sands 54-6. to Uh Coach Jones uh, with the victory there over uh, our good buddy, Coach Ty Keith. And then Rankin, in a hard-fought battle, takes out Borden County 44-34. to So that sets up the matchup that we talked with Coach Jones about earlier, Garden City and Rankin doing battle there in that district. Over in District 8, Hermley uh, squeezes by Highland 58-50. to Roby over Rotan 59-34. to and some team called the Westbrook Wildcats, who silently sit at uh, a number four ranking in the state, uh, they put a whooping on Ira, 58-12 to in that ballgame. Grayson Jeffrey, five carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns. And, hey, looky here, good to see Cedric Ware back in the lineup. Maybe his opponents aren't happy to see him back in, but I guarantee you uh, Coach Matlock is. Ware, 77 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And for Ira, Aiden Claxton, 13 carries, th- sorry, 13 of 27 through the air for 195 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, we, we alluded to it there with Coach Jones, but, boy, what a tough matchup for somebody. Going to have to face Westbrook in the by-district round. Yeah, that's that's kind of starting the gauntlet out pretty bad right there. Just bam, got the Wildcats. So <laughs> <laughs> it will definitely be uh, tough there for somebody. Let's move into Region Three, District Nine. That's where Gordon sits at, and they are playing extremely well. Ranked number ten in the state, they beat Baird sixty-two to fourteen, and Gorman over Bryson fifty-seven to twelve, and Lingleville takes out the Pirates from Perrinwent sixty-six to sixteen. District 10, St. Joe all over Campbell, 56-7, and Union Hill blanks Savoy, 48-0. So St. Joe and Union Hill heading to the playoffs out of that district. Milford in District 11 beats Covington in a close one in a a low-scoring ballgame, 30-22. And uh, 
boy, that that's that's just a that's a low scoring game uh, for six man, Bobby. I think that maybe there was a little defense played in that. Just a little matchup. Well, speaking of a defense, uh, your Spider Monkeys over in District 12, that would be the Abbott Panthers of Coach Crawford. No problem with Penelope, 48 to nothing. Riley Sestala, eight carries, 116 yards, and three touchdowns. Manchild, Isaiah Singleton Brooks, uh, two carries, 41 yards, two touchdowns. He said, Get out of the way, Coach. I'm having a seat. I got my two touchdowns, and life is good. For Penelope, Nathaniel Fontenot found the uh, sledding tough against those Spider Monkeys, 10 carries. 18 yards. Also in that district, Aquila beats Golson 50 to 13. District 13, Erion County wraps up a district title. They take out Menard 56 to 8. Jordan Harrison 145 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Trevin Cofill three carries, 99 yards, two touchdowns, three to six through the air, 50 yards and a touchdown. Says coach, move over. I'm coaching the second quarter, and that's exactly what he did. No, I'm kidding. and uh, also in that district robert lee over eden 64 to 19 well that brings us to district 14 and the game we talked a lot about last week and man what a ball game jonesboro over may 65 to 40 and uh, boy that's just that was a crazy crazy game back and forth may led by 10 at halftime Jonesboro got a couple of stops in the third quarter, was able to uh, finally uh, jet ahead, and then some uh, fumble or some turnovers in the fourth quarter spelled doom for May, and uh, the Eagles win this one. And uh, didn't know if you had thoughts on this one, Bobby, what you heard about it. Well, I was uh, watching that score go back and forth, and I just, I, and whoever was at Jones was tweeting it out. Folks, if you don't have Twitter on Friday nights, then you're missing out. There's some good um, play calling on Twitter, if you will. And, you know, they they were outlining all the, the turnovers and the, the all kinds of good stuff happening in that game. So, yeah, Jonesboro over May. Yeah. We, we didn't, you know, we talked about this. We didn't know which one would come out on top. Exactly. And so uh, Jonesboro ranked number seven, May number two. Uh, Jonesboro will win the district title there. Kind of hard to believe that that's a, uh, a district game. Uh, May then will be the runner up. And, you know, the, the big one with that one is now May is going to have to face Ariana County in by district. That's going to be a crazy matchup. And Coach Cofell is going, Really, this I, I win my district, and you. This is what you're gonna do to me. So that should be a big boy matchup there as well uh, when we get to the playoffs. Uh, for May, Braden Steele, 14 carries, 32 yards, 88 yards uh, receiving, and two touchdowns. Ben Harrell had 14 tackles and a punt block, and Bryson Guerrero 13 tackles. I do know that May was playing without Damian Salinas, which was a big piece uh, missing out for the Tigers there. So uh, hopefully uh, nothing serious, and uh, we'll see one of my favorite. Uh, uh, I don't know. I guess you call pump up guys out there is the Salinas. He's a really good player, but boy, he takes his football serious. Love to see it there. Also over in District 14, Santa Ana the Mountaineers over the Elks of Event 62 to 14. District 15, Leverage Chapel takes out Chester 80 to 50. District 16, Medina whitewashes McDade 64 to nothing in Lakey over Coach Fletcher and his Panthers in Oasis Canyon 63 to 42 and that kind of wraps up uh division one districts one through 16 so let's move into division two 
And we'll start with the Groom Tigers, who started the season out, Bobby, 0-5. Now they find themselves 5-5 in district champs. Who would have thought that? They beat LaForce 52 to nothing. The Pirates still winless on the season. And then Headley keeps their playoff hopes alive. They blank Derizette 58 to nothing. In District 2, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to this and we'll talk about it. But Amherst over Cotton City, 56 to nothing. Whit Harrell over Lions Buddy, 54 to nothing. That's going to set up Amherst and Whit Harrell. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think Amherst is a little bit better than people realize. I think you're right. <laughs> District 3, Balmeray, uh, the Bears, Coach Jones take out Dell City, 54 to 8. And Sierra Blanca over Grand Falls Royalty, 45 to nothing. District 4, Loop. Over Southland, 66-21. And Wilson gets the hard-fought ninth-inning walk-off homer to defeat Dawson one to nothing. Okay, well, they, they get the forfeit. But you get the idea. <laughs> oh, I do get the idea. Region uh, 2, District 5, Motley County over Patton Springs, 58-7. to Aspermont over Guthrie, 67-18. Yep, sets up another matchup we'll talk about in a little bit. Benjamin in District 6, no problem with Chillicothe, 40 to nothing. I'm going to ask you, Bobby, i got to think that weather must have stopped this game because uh, Benjamin uh, going all four quarters, I can't imagine that was the case. Uh, no, it wasn't the case. Uh, the, the weather did have a huge impact on that game. I believe it was in the second quarter. It was 40 to nothing and early in the second quarter. And then the storms rolled in, you know, with all the lightning. And, I mean, they were really bad that night. And they weren't going to end, so the administration got together and decided that that was the end of the game because it was so the weather was so incredibly bad. Gotcha. Uh, also in that district, Paducah, uh, number six in the state, defeats Kroll 55-8. to eight. District seven, Throckmorton, no problem with Paint Creek. Uh, they down the Pirates 54-6. to six. And uh, <laughs> Woodson beats Looters of Avaca. And I'll be honest with you, I entered the score incorrectly. I've got it as 6-2, to two, and I know that's not correct. So we do know that Woodson beat Looters, <laughs> Looters of Vodka there. Uh, <laughs> and I did the same. Where'd, you, where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, I don't know because I got off uh, two lines in a row because Strawn beat Forsberg, but uh, I don't know uh, the score because I entered it as Forsberg winning 14-9. to nine. And I know Coach Lee's putting up plenty of offense this year, so nine points probably was not the case there. Uh, also in District. <laughs> Gate. Newcastle over Goldberg, 45 to nothing. I may have to go to the second string here, Bobby, if I uh, keep messing up scores like that one. <laughs> You're doing great, Craig. You're doing great. <laughs> keep at it. Region 3, and uh, it was Oakwood over Apple Springs, 58 to nothing. Ryder Perry, 174 yards rushing on four carries. Three touchdowns out of those four carries. Some guy named Zach Nickerson, who we've talked about before, he scored on three of his five carries and had 109 yards rushing. Nickerson now has 50 yards rushing on the season there for the Panthers. So a great season for Zach Nickerson, almost 2,400 rushing yards. And also Fannindale over Trinidad, 57-27. to District 10, it was Bynum over Mount Com, 46 to nothing. And Morgan over Copperell, 57 to 12. Rico Suave, 10 carries, 140 yards, two touchdowns. That's Adrian Vera Rico for his family. And EJ Avila, six carries, 96 yards, two scores, three of four through the air, 51 yards, and three touchdowns. Morgan has to make the playoffs, don't they? We just got to keep talking about those guys. You know, we got to talk about old Rico Suave <laughs> some more. I, I do agree with you there, Craig. 
District 11, Oglesby in a hard-fought victory over Calvert, 42-32. And in a non-district game, it was Beaumont Legacy Christian beating Buckholtz, 43-14. District 12 saw Bluffdale over the gap, Cranfield's gap, 57-12. And the Dragons from Iredell knocking out Walnut Springs, 70-22. Uh, District 13 in Region 4, the fourth-ranked Lorraine Bulldogs look to be back to some strength. Uh, Coach Popham's crew wipes out the Gorillas from Trent, 55 to nothing. And it was Blackwell defeating uh, Bront, 66 to 20. The first time those two teams have played since when, Bobby? 19... 19- 30, I believe, or 33. Yeah, uh, Lehman, yeah we'll wa- talk about that in Lehman Six Man 101 here in just a little bit. Yeah, Lehman was a whippersnapper back in those days. So, Oh, I'm telling you, he was something. <laughs> uh, District 14, Paint Rock over Moran, 72-22. to 22. District 15, Mullen takes out Gustine, 61-52, to 52, and a hard-fought battle there. And the Blanket Tigers continue to roll with Coach Cherry, and uh, in District 15, they defeat Sydney 58-28. to And then finally, in uh, District 16, it was uh, Cherokee. Uh, they get a uh, run-scoring single in the first to hold off Brooksmith 1-0. Yes, they get the forfeit there. And Richland Springs with the victory 65 to nothing. And one game I, w- I put at the bottom of that, I didn't move it up. Avalon with a uh, win over three-way. It was the Eagles over the Braves 79-45. to So there's a look at both Division One. Division two, every single district, every single score that at least I could come up with and actually type in correctly, and uh, it sets up a massive, massive week number 11. And just to give you some stats here real quick, we have five undefeated teams in uh, Division one. We have four undefeated in Division two. Two teams are winless going into the final week of the season in Division One, and five teams winless as we're going into the final week of the season in Division Two. So let's talk about it, Bobby, and let, let's get to these big games. And I'm telling you, folks, I'm going to call out all these games, and you're going to go, yeah, but what about this one? You're right. We probably missed it, but we tried to get as many as we could here. Obviously, Garden City at Rankin is the top matchup going on anywhere out there. So big. Winner gets district. Number two not only takes the loss, they have to get turned right around and get ready for the Westbrook Wildcats. So a huge, huge ball game there uh, going on in Rankin. Uh, but when you look through it, there are big games everywhere. Headley at Silverton. That one decides who takes the number two spot out of District 1 in Division 1. Hey, Sanderson at Balmeray. That one's going to be interesting to me to see how Sanderson stacks up with the Bears there. Oh, yeah, and I plan on being at that game. That's going to be a good game. It's going to be at Balmeray, so they have to go into the Bears' den. Quite literally, the Bears' den. The Bears' den. <laughs> and you know it's beautiful down there. Hopefully it'll be a little warmer uh, than, than what we experienced this past weekend. Maybe a little drier as well. But that game is on a Thursday. Well, that'll be a lot so, of fun. So be watching uh, Twitter because and the scoreboard because you know I'll be adding those scores into the those uh, apps as soon as I get them. Sounds good. Hey, up in Division One, District One, and we talked about it. Fallette at McLean, Miami at White Deer. Boy, this this district just gets absolutely crazy. End of the day, Fallette wins, Miami wins. They're in. 
Follett wins, White Deer wins, things get crazy. There's so many scenarios. We won't bore you with all of those. Just know that uh, there's actually a way that Follett doesn't make the playoffs uh, with their season. And White Deer sitting at 0-2 in district has an opportunity to make the playoffs, if you can believe that one. Uh, well, you know, we always have a district like that. It's wild. That's, that's all screwed up, and, and you just don't know what's going to happen until the final buzzer of the final week, exactly. which will be Friday. When you look at it, McLean beat White Deer by two at McLean, and then McLean goes on the road, loses by two to Miami. Who knows what's going to happen in this final week of the season? District three, Spring Lake Earth at Crest. This is a big one. Spring Lake Earth wins. They're number one, and Petersburg is number two. Crest wins. Then it's Crest number one, Spring Lake Earth number two. So a big game going on in that district. Whiteface at O'Donnell. Kind of looking forward to this one. I think this will be a really good ball game there in District 5. Uh, we talked about Blanket. They take on a Zephyr for the district title. That should be a great ball game. Knox City and Spur doing the same thing there in District 4. They're going to be playing for the uh, top uh, spot in the uh, uh, district there in District 4. Uh, Knox City ranked number 9. Spur ranked number 11. That should be an outstanding matchup. Uh, in Division 2, you've got Throckmorton at Rule, also in Division 2. Another game I'm looking forward to, Whitherald at Amherst. At Amherst, I think Amherst is better than people think. Now, I, I still give this game to Whitherald. I think they're going to be the heavy favorites. But I just think Amherst is one of those teams that might surprise some folks when we get in the playoffs. You know, they're just been quiet. Everybody's been sleeping on Amherst. And we haven't really talked about them, but you got to look out for those Bulldogs. I'm telling you. They're, they're, they're sneaky. They're <laughs> sneaky Bulldogs. They are sneaky. Well, we talk about Westbrook in uh, District 8 a lot in Division 1, but really the battle is going on for a shot at the playoffs. It's going to be Ira at Hermley to see who goes and who rolls out the round balls. That one in Hermley. And that one is always a crazy game. Well, it's crazy gonna... game every year. It's like it's like this new rivalry has just. Well, I don't know about how new it is. Well, new in the in the Lehman sense, I guess <laughs> I should say. <laughs> but um, I know that those two go at it every year, no matter what kind of players they have. They always play the very best football against each other. Well, that one should be a great one. Van Horn at Fort Davis. If I figured it up right, that one decides a playoff spot, and then finally. Aspermont at Motley County, that one decides a playoff spot as well, and we know that is a big rivalry as well. Oh, it is. That whole district there. You know, I think Jayton has pretty much sewn it up, but uh, Aspermont and Motley County, they're going to go at it. The, uh, The battle of the black and red. Hey, there you go. So there's kind of the big games. Like I say, I'm sure we missed some, but... That, that is amazing. We got that many games when you look at it. That is 14 playoff deciding or district championship type matchups across the state in six man. And I always laugh at this because it, ne- it never fails. When you look at the schedules, you might as well go look at the final game of the season. You'll kind of have an idea who you're playing, whether that game's going to matter or not. Because it, it's just like that's how the scheduling gods put it together. And they say, yeah, here we are. This is what we needed. And guess what? These two teams play. So looking forward to that. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I know. It's just some of these times you think, really, we're going to do this. We're going to do it this early. Uh, you know, some of these games we want to see a little later in the season. But like you said, the football gods said, nope, we're doing it early this year. Yeah, most definitely. 
Well, let's get to it then. We'll go from football to cross country. We had the regional track meets going on last week. I say last week, earlier this week, really, uh, on a Monday and a Tuesday. And uh, so many qualifiers out there. And, uh, Bobby, I'll let you kind of fill us in on what, what's happening in cross country. You know, state is coming up here pretty quickly. And um, I went to the Region 1 meet, and wow, I, I, we talked about Tatum Goodman, but, but you can't really explain how she runs until you watch her. It was like she shot out of a cannon. Of course, we did have some other very good runners in the girls' side. So the top four teams and the top 10 individuals not on that team will uh, go to state. So for Region 1, the top four teams were Spring Lake Earth, White Deer, Nazareth, and Jayton. In Region 2, it was Roby coming out on top, followed by Marfa, Eula, and then Buena Vista. In Region 3, no surprise here, Miller Grove, followed by Dodd City Pretty and Slidell. And then over in Region 4, run TMC, McMullen County takes first as a team, followed by Neches, Moulton, followed by Round Top Carmine. The top 10 individuals, I won't go through there because, you know, that's 40 people. <laughs> um, but there were a lot of good, um, a lot of good runner, runners, a lot of quick times over there um, in the top 10. So all of those folks will be racing on um, Saturday, isn't it? Yes, Saturday that would morning be correct. at Round Rock. Yeah, 11.40 for the girls and 12.10 for the boys. Now over on the guy side, um, I saw something that I never thought I'd see. Um, <laughs> Jayton's team got first in Region 1. That was unreal. That w- there was what seven? No, there were five in the top ten. Yes, actually five in the um, top eight. Well, yeah, I was I was trying to be at round number, but yeah, <laughs> it was it was incredible. Every time I looked up, the, here comes another Jayton jersey, um, and all seven placed in the top twenty-five in the state in times. In case you're wondering, that's that's a little bit incredible. I do have to say, yes. So Jayton gets first. Uh, team Sands comes in behind them and then text line and of course happy Woo-hoo! happy gets fourth they get to go to state over in region two comstock gets number one spot followed by van horn erian county and eula region three miller grove they're up there at the top spot followed by saltillo slidell and saint joe and then over in region four Fayetteville gets team one spot, followed by run TMC of McMullen County, and then Moulton, and then Slocum. So we're gonna have we're gonna have some really, really good um, runners there over in the top twenty-five in the state. Number one for the girls is uh, Tatum Goodman, and then you have Tate Cormier from Erion County in the number one spot in the boys on the boys side. Well, you mentioned uh, Tatum Goodman there at Spring Lake Earth. That, that was crazy. Anybody who's ever ran the course there at May Simmons Park in Lubbock, I will tell you, I was standing across the, the, the bridge, across the little river there, at, across literally directly from the finish line. When she went through there, I looked up, and here comes the Chisholm girl from Jayton uh, in the number two spot, 
right up where I'm at. She had a 600-meter lead uh, when she crossed the finish line. Unbelievable. When they they got up on top of that hill, you know, the hill of death. Yes. Oh, I hated running that hill. They get up on top of that huge hill, and they start running along the top of it. She had an 80-yard lead. I mean, I I watched her, and it it wasn't even that far. I was watching her, and I was like, well, where'd everybody else go? Because usually they're all bunched up by then, or still. (laughs) Nope. Mm Mm-mm. Nope. And then when I went down by the bridge before they went across the bridge toward the backside of the course, uh, Tatum was basically all by herself. And then um, the two Chisholm sisters were right behind her. It was amazing. And just to put in perspective for folks who, you know, I know we talk about Tatum a lot, but you just got to understand what a rare talent this is. She won the uh, district uh, the region one cross country track meet in 1104 well that's the same place where class 1a 2a 3a and 4a was run avery brown from canyon in class 4a won the 4a meet in 1142 she's one of the favorites to win the 4a state title and tatum outran her by 37 seconds on the same course Put that into perspective and you realize we're not talking she outran her by four or five seconds. 37 seconds. Unbelievable. That's right. And I'm wondering, you know, Tatum set uh, the state record last year at the cross-country meet in Round Rock. And I'm wondering if she's going to be able to do that again this year. Beat her own time. Well, it's possible because I like to kind of, you know, stake myself out and find a spot to cheer on the runners and Half the time, I can't get to where she's at because she's so far ahead of everybody. Even by the time you try to cut across, it, she's already beat you to the checkpoint. So it's, it is amazing. Um, well, and- I got to tell you, I have a funny story. So all of you out there who run cross country and you're not Tatum Goodman, <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, uh, Dency and I know how you feel. Uh, there was a girl we chased uh, when we were in high school in cross country. Her name was Mindy Myers. Actually, it is Mindy Miner. She's currently the coach at Haskell. But we both spent four years chasing Mindy, not only in cross country, but in track. So we got it twice a year, just like you do. So we feel you all. Believe me, we feel it. Uh, We are in our 50s, and we still talk about chasing her. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Seriously, we we talk about it. It's hysterical. Uh, Rumor has it that she ran from her home in Rhineland up a Sandy Creek bed more than 10 miles to school in Monday every morning and then ran home the same way. So I don't know if that's true or not, but when you're that good, people tell stories about how you got that good. Uh, To us, she was and still is a legend. Um, but I have to say my competitive side kicks in just a little bit. And I've got to say, we beat Monday really good in basketball. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I have to admit some legends never die. And the, you know, Tatum Goodman is just going to be just like Mindy Myers. Her legend will never, ever die in the eyes of anyone who ever saw her run. (laughs) That's fantastic. 
Another note you've got here in cross country, a shout out to the Roby twins, Hope and Haley Garmer. Hope had ACL reconstruction in August and has had to miss uh, running her senior year with her sister. But Haley came in first at the Region 2 cross country meet running at 12.43 and Roby won the Region 2 championship. Hope has an amazing story. Last year, she ran state with a broken hamstring growth plate and uh, set a personal record. That's amazing. She hasn't Mm -hmm. cried all season. She supported her team as the only senior. But after her sister won individual and her team won first, she couldn't hold it any longer. Uh, You know, I don't know about you, Bobby, but I'm pretty sure Haley had amazing support from Hope. Uh, We got pictures of them after the meet on Tuesday on the podcast webpage. So good luck to Haley and Hope. And uh, we want to thank Courtney uh, Pachekic. Did I say that right? You Close enough. Those names. I'm <laughs> terrible, and I will admit it. Well, we we will give Courtney a credit for the picture, but that is an amazing story. And you know, it, it is the one bad thing when you compete and you see someone lose their senior season. It's just it's heartbreaking, especially when the team or even a younger uh, sibling does so well. Oh, I know, and you know they're twins, so. They've been running together this whole time, and and then she has to miss the last year. But but shout out to them, Hope and Haley. I know that she'll be there, rooting her sister on at state. Well, and speaking of shout outs, I better give one real quick. A shout out to my uh, sophomore son, Kaysen, his team at Happy made across country a shout out to my niece madison brockman she led nazareth girls to that uh, uh, third place finish she finished 13th in the meet and then uh, golly there's another brockman there in nazareth i know that surprises you bryson brockman he finished 10th and so he'll be going to state as an individual and yes if if you think all that came from me you are sadly mistaken that did not come from my side of the family that must be from my wife's the ability to run like that because it was not me (laughs) (laughs) aren't you a tennis guy i'm a tennis guy running was not my thing (laughs) (laughs) just short runs back and forth across the court yeah no well back and forth to the refrigerator half the time but <laughs> i think hey you've hit upon something you know we're older and you know we get hungry a little bit more <laughs> just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> oh i do have another thing that i have to talk about because um you know we talked about the reverse snap what three weeks ago exactly. i believe it was where yes. the um center and the quarterback lined up rear end to rear end um, and it made things a little bit easier back in the day. So I received an excellent video. Um, Ollie, the assistant coach for the Garden City, uh, videoed the Garden City Bearcats. They lined up and they tried the reverse snap (laughs) and they videoed it and it was awesome. So um, it was too good to pass up for them. So they tried it. And this was actually after uh, workouts was over. They just decided to to have a little fun, which I love. You know, you got to let kids have some fun. So they tried it. So if you want to see one, um, one bear cat try of the reversed butt-to-butt snap um <laughs> we're gonna put that video on our website site and let me tell you i gotta say it's fabulous actually it looked like it worked pretty well interesting um, i don't i don't think jeff jones is gonna run that during the ranking game uh but you know at least they they had a little fun with it I, uh, well you know i i dare you coach come on you can do it 
<laughs> I think that uh, Coach Avalos would probably think, what in the world is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> no doubt there. Hey, you know, that might be a little shock and awe. It could work. It could. Hey, you never know. You never know. Those things uh, sometimes can catch people by surprise. Yeah, because if you're looking, you're like, what are they doing? You're thinking, what are they doing? Instead of, oh, I got to defend this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's move to volleyball playoffs beginning up. The runner-up and third-place teams from each district will play each other in the by-district round, and then the district champion receives a bye to the area round. By-district begins Halloween. I'm not sure that I'd want to play by-district on Halloween, but uh, – it, it, a lot of them are not. I don't blame them. Uh, so that's happening October 31st and then uh, Tuesday, November 1st. The area round is scheduled for uh, Thursday through Saturday, November 3rd through the 5th. So keep your eye on the 1A Fan Volleyball page. Bobby's going to have the infamous uh, spreadsheet of death out there that will have everything captured for you, uh, match information at each level. You don't want to miss that. And uh, we want to talk real quick about the uh, top 10. When you look at volleyball at the uh, top spot, according to the TGCA, October 24th poll, very best, still sits up at the top. Fayetteville, number two. Blum, Chester, and Klondike round out the top five. And then Natchez, Dodd City, St. Joe, Rochelle, and round top Carmine round out the top ten. So volleyball is going to be oh, a lot of fun. As let the me tell start. you something. Let's this hear it. This is crazy. So Fayetteville and round top Carmine had a playoff for the top spot yesterday. Uh oh. Guess who came out on top? Fayetteville. Round top Carmine. Interesting. That's two in a row. That is. So they get the number one spot. District twenty eight Fayetteville gets runner-up. I do not have the third-place team for that district yet. I will put all these districts out there. There's a few spots I don't have. I don't have the um, third place for District 28, and I also do not have the runner-up or the third place for District 29. Pettis did win District 29. Interesting. Well, it's going to be fun to watch the playoffs and Hey, we're going to run it down. Even with football playoffs going on, we're not going to forget the volleyball players, and uh, we'll get you what we can on that, at least at least who's advancing. And uh, if, if folks uh, get us some information, we'll put that out there as well, although I'm not quite sure I understand exactly what constitutes a, a dig and a kill necessarily. But uh, we'll get those out there and uh, some uh, amazing talent on the volleyball court as well. Well, let's finish things up, Bobby. And uh, so that you can uh, get back to wandering a Salem, Massachusetts, let's get to a Lehman Six Man 101. And we alluded to it earlier, but Blackwell hosted Bront this week for a big district game. And those two teams have not faced off since 1933. And that was a game where they were both 11 men. So this was the first ever six man game against each other. Um, they've played at least eight times, or they did from 1930 to 1933 with an all-time record of 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. Um, Blackwell won the first ever game on October 3rd, 1930. They beat Bront 19 to nothing, but Bront won the last game 37 to nothing on October 27th, 1933 in Blackwell. So, that is a really cool stat. I love that, you know, both those teams, the last time they played each other was, I mean, so many years ago. 
and they were 11 man teams. Now they're six man and, and they finally went at it again. Another team, um, another thing that was a first was Knox City and Valley played Friday in District 4 action. We talked about that earlier. Friday's game was their first game against each other as six man teams. Their last meeting was in 1988 when both played 11 man football. And Knox City won that initial 11-man football matchup over Valley 55-6. to six. That's awesome. So we can always count on Lehman to bring us some good history on six-man football teams. Definitely. And uh, note that he uh, put out there as well, Erion County, that was their first district title since 2004. That's impressive there for them. And uh, if you want to know what's going through Lehman's mind sometime, he tweeted this out yesterday. Horror movie franchise with some star power that I think is really an overlooked franchise. Uh oh. Well, yeah, what? exactly. And I had to kind of think about this. I'm like, okay, franchises. I guess we're talking Halloween, Friday the 13th, you know, Freddy Krueger. He comes up with The Omen. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Of course he does. You know, it wasn't long ago he sent me a list of 31 horror movies he was watching throughout um, October to ready himself for Halloween. And and he sent me that list. And I, I have it somewhere. I wish I had it pulled up. We could go over Lehman's top 31 horror movies for Halloween. But um, maybe we'll, I'll get his permission and maybe I'll just post that out on our webpage for the podcast so everybody can go see um, Lehman's thoughts about horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. The things that go through Lehman's mind. It is amazing. You never know. You never know. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up for us. We will be on the air again next Sunday evening. You don't want to miss it. We'll wrap up the regular season, talk about the big playoff matchups, and there are going to be some absolute doozies. Yes, by district round, we do get some uh, some games that uh, you know show up, and, and we look at them and we go, "Golly, how did those two teams face off against each other?" Because one is way better than the other. But there are some really, really good matchups going on out there, and I can't wait for that. As well as we'll have cross country results for you from the state meet. Yes, I'll just put it out there, barring her falling down and unable to get up. Tatum Goodman has already won the girls' state meet, but <laughs> we'll have everything. Don't, don't put that out in the universe. <laughs> what are you doing, Craig? My gosh. Oh, man. my goodness. Unbelievable. But until then, that's going to wrap it up for us. I uh, hope everybody has a wonderful and uh, spooky but fun Halloween. I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Remember. Go forward and do good.